0: This is the Transmission Times.
1: We're having a rough week. We're doing a soft opening of our public library, and it's just very difficult to ask people to do what we're asking them to do. But it's very difficult on our side to control people's movements and tell them that The job and the joy of looking for library materials also means having to think every time you touch something that it's a danger to the staff or other people. And we're just heartbroken about not allowing children the joy of books in the library. Having to keep them from their materials because they can't not touch is heartbreaking for the staff. We've turned over for three months how we could possibly reopen and invite children back to their library. And we never found a good solution. No one has. And we are heartbroken.
2: On March 11th, 2020, I put my dog in the back of the car and left New York City and drove up the Taconic Parkway to Williams College to watch my son, who was a freshman, play with his lacrosse teammates on what was supposed to be just the fourth game of the season, but which became the last game of the season. After the game, my son came off and I gave him a hug and the other kids came off. And then there were a few seniors still on the field. And the last kid off the field was number 13, a long stick midfielder who had just four games had shown why he was one of the best in the country. And he had bags of lacrosse balls over his shoulder, his sticks, his helmet still on, the black stuff under his eyes and tears streaming down his face it was heartbreaking
3: now when the numbers are clearly rising and people already are starting to know people who have it and it's not just the asymptomatic forms that you hear about It's people being intubated and it's like it doesn't sound like a good situation and there's sirens like every few minutes you hear an ambulance in the city So it's not like you can forget about it or like say that it's a complete lie because it takes like a big belief to believe that in these circumstances.
4: Last week, they were talking about the number of cases going up in Arizona and I was at work. You know, we were all talking about it and a lady I work with who's in her 40s and she's been wearing double masks, you know, the mandatory cloth mask that we all have to wear over an N95 mask. And she just looked at me wide-eyed, and she said, Diane, I'm so scared. And I just felt so bad because she's really healthy. She's in her 40s. She's not overweight. She doesn't have high blood pressure or diabetes or anything. She eats a really healthy diet. I've seen what she eats. And She takes really good care of herself, and she's absolutely terrified. And I just talked to her and said, you know, you're going to be okay. If you get this, you might get really sick, but you'll be okay. And she looked at me
3: just with clear doubt in her eyes. For me, it seems very mathematic. I can see like a domino effect can go off if we go at a cabin even if we run the whole cabin and we go with six friends let's say so that makes eight people that you trust they don't go to work or like they work from home but each one of them including myself does expose themselves in different ways I expose myself through going to a dentist I have like a problem with the tooth that I have to keep on going I think I've been like six seven eight times now so that's my higher risk of exposure and everybody I know has this and for me personally it doesn't make sense not to kind of take some steps even with the people that you know because it's not like everybody who got sick it's from a stranger that accidentally coughed on them on the street it's usually from interactions with people that you know
5: as a person who struggles from anxiety it was debilitating i just kept thinking like is this really happening because all of the precautions people were taking wearing gloves at the grocery store you know wearing a mask cleaning their steering wheel, sanitizing the groceries as they came into the house, cleaning doorknobs, like as an anxious person who is also a bit of a hypochondriac, those seem like things that I have thought of before, but I thought they were too crazy to actually happen.
6: So thinking back to before the pandemic, I was really struggling with this big decision. I had a couple different jobs that I was doing. I was doing an independent contractor health coaching in schools, but it was a long commute and I got offered an extra day and then I could have left my other job and it was taking up a lot of my mental space thinking about this. And then when the pandemic happened, everything kind of stopped and one of the jobs was just closed and then the other one I was working remotely, so I wasn't commuting at all anymore. And so when I get stuck in that worry spiral, I try to remind myself that I spent a lot of time worrying about something that never came to be. And so I guess the moral is to live in the moment a little bit more.
4: Today, I gave notice at my job. I worked there for 17 years. It's a weird job, but I liked it. It paid well. But they've started with their disinfecting program since we reopened and they are using a chemical fogger and I just can't breathe that. I've been getting more and more sick since we've been opened back up again and I've just realized that I can't work there anymore.
5: It's also been a really big reflection time for everyone. Where do you want to be in your life? And do I want to be
3: 10,000 miles away from my family at times like these? And I think the answer is no. I think I want to
5: go home. And uh, that's been a really big reflection for us at this time too. For
3: The first two, three months, we were one of the only countries where you would be hospitalized if you were positive. They wouldn't tell you to stay at home and come in only if you feel sick. If you would test positive, you would be hospitalized and you would be discharged if you would have two negative COVID tests, one after the other. When the state of emergency ended, there weren't any new measures, no clear measures, and it even went so far as to people saying that it's unconstitutional. And now in Romania, it was even declared unconstitutional to be quarantined. And you don't have any legal repercussions. Like they cannot fine you. If you are positive and you want to go outside, you can do that. It's in these moments where you see how the culture of a country is how much trust they have in authorities. And if yes, why do they trust them? And if not, why don't they trust them? Or what's the level of healthcare? What's the level of education? It's like all these factors are going to this. We're adjusting to this pandemic. And so it goes. We'll keep
7: adjusting. Hopefully everyone will keep adjusting and changing. That's my worry that... The entire world won't see what needs to be done to ensure our health and safety as a human race. There will be populations who will fight it. And that's what I'm
5: concerned about in the future. So instead of resolutions, I do a word of the year. And after a lot of prayer, I discerned, okay, well, my word of the year for 2020 is surrender. Now, this was back in January. At the time, it sounded cute. It was like, oh, look at me. I'm going to surrender. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, my gosh, i was so dumb. That was like the worst word. But that's not true. It's, it's been a very fruitful year. This is still the first wave. I'm feeling this first
7: wave will last a year, if not more. And the next wave, it's going to be a new virus. It's going to be here in less than 102 years. I say 102 years because I'm thinking of the 1918 flu pandemic that happened then that wiped out huge populations. It's not going to be another 100 years. It's
5: going to happen more and more frequently. So I wanna remember surrender. I wanna remember what it feels like to lay on the ground, just be under the radar and just let things happen and go over you. And what it's like to be in that ocean with the waves crashing over you and you're not drowning. You're just floating, maybe just treading water, but you're not drowning.
0: like to say a huge thank you to karen christina elise lauren amanda kate sandy and diane whose voices are coming to you from maine california new york new hampshire illinois arizona romania and singapore since the beginning of lockdown the transmission times has been collecting audio diaries from people like you but there are many stories we haven't heard Right now, we're asking people to reply to the following question. What happened that you didn't expect to happen during this time? You can send in your responses in one of two ways. You can record on your smartphone using an app like Voice Memos and email it to transmissiontimes at gmail.com. Or you can call 847-354-4163 and leave a voicemail. Thank you so much. The transmission times was created by me, Katie Semro. Where
7: well, we've all been the Eno Got in between which way?